Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Are you still cutting your own grass? Are you still trying to get your landscaping to look perfect on your own? That sounds sweaty. That sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like a job for Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Family-owned and operated Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services, located on Kern Street in Exeter near Blue Ribbon Dairy, has the quality and experience to get your yard looking its best. The Garden Center offers plants, trees, sod, mulch, rocks, flowers, topsoil, grass seed, straw bales, and much more while the Lawn and Landscaping Services offers mowing, trimming, planting, and full landscaping. And also new at Keller's Garden Center is the Zen Chaser Bonsai Studio, offering bonsai trees, supplies, and classes. Visit them on their social media page for more info. Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Get your free estimate today. This episode is also brought to you by Paulson Tours. For almost 30 years, this family-owned and operated business has been sending people to sports games, racing events, concerts, vacations, and more. I myself have been using Paulson Tours for trips to Red Sox games, wine festivals, and an annual guy's trip to Boston for St. Patty's Day for almost 15 years. Check out the current trips being offered over at paulsontours.com. Life's a trip. Go with Paulson Tours. What's up, man? What's up? Not much. How are things? Uh, better than they have been in a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good news. That's good news. It's been a long time. It has. It's been definitely a, what a couple of years at least, right? Yeah, it's been. Uh, well, first of all, I'm uh, hanging out tonight with uh, comedian Zach Hammond, and uh, it's been a long time. So I feel like the last time that we had any kind of correspondence, really was when you were on the NEPA scene podcast and that was yeah. I mean you're probably we're probably going on I mean I left I parted ways with Rich mm-hmm. um in 2019 so I mean it's at least four years there so maybe in five yeah. years so it's been a long time lots of lots has happened yeah shitload has happened <laughs> yeah, I think when I saw you that at that time you were going through or a divorce or the divorce was uh, finalized yeah. or something like that. But I mean, uh, we we can talk about all that and and you know we've it's been you know four or five years we've gone through COVID and mm-hmm. lots to talk about. But it was funny like I don't know if like you have uh, a social media manager or maybe you do it on your own. But like I saw like. Um, who, whoever's doing it is doing it really well. Like, just a bunch of like reels and things like that on social yeah. media with clips from some of your shows. And I was like, I forgot how fucking funny you are. And uh, thank you. It was, it was yeah, it was fun to to watch those. And I'm like, yeah, I wonder if he'll he'd be interested in joining me. So, thank you for uh, doing this. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, it's all me. I don't have. Uh, social media manager or anything i have a friend uh john greer who's also a comic who, who uh suggested to just start doing the reels on facebook because uh the algorithm lets those get more views and if you just posted a video yeah and uh i put out a special and i wanted people to go and see that so i just started uh posting the reels and in the caption saying you can go and find the special at blah 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 and i just posted a reel every day uh since the special came out for like the last couple like the last three weeks and uh they were at minimum getting at least uh a thousand to two thousand views and then some of them just took off uh one of them is up to like over two hundred thousand views and one just hit a hundred thousand views uh and they're just they keep getting circulated and shared and it's weird the one is uh just a quick story about how when I was getting my divorce finalized, I had to go to a notary to get it, you know, signed off. Yeah. And uh, my ex just walked into the room, was just super shitty to the guy for no reason. 
he's just trying to do his job. And she's like, this is for a divorce asshole. And he looked at me like, good for you. And then yeah. just signed off on the paperwork that blew up. And then I have another bit about how I, at the time with my girl, when I was with my girlfriend at the time, uh, neither of us wanted kids and I still don't cause I can't have them. So I got a vasectomy. Uh, and I was just making fun of her like friends, kids who were just these creepy fucking toddlers that I didn't want to be near. And that was posted on Instagram and got nearly a million views. And on Facebook, it has over a hundred thousand now. And it's fascinating. Um, like the shit that happens when things start like picking up a lot of views. Yeah. Uh, Cause I don't check the i don't respond to any comments and i really don't check the comment section because it's just toxic shit most of the time because anytime something gets popular the first group of people that are going to comment are all the negative comments you know you're not funny you're an asshole you're a piece of shit um whatever whatever you said to piss them off they're just going to lay all of their hate on you and then after they start commenting, then other people who are on your side will start fighting with them in the comments. And then it's no longer about your video anymore. Right. It's about their bullshit and their hangups that they're having. So it's fascinating like when videos take off because you, you create like a moment in them with doing nothing other than just trying to be yourself. And now everybody else has to make whatever their fucking problems are, everybody else's problems and the world's problems in it. So it's really, really interesting. But... Uh, I've just noticed, at least on like personally, nobody gives a shit when you tell them that you don't want kids. Most parents will tell you like they're happy for you. They're like, that was a really smart decision. Good for you. Sure. But online, people like just take it so personally that you say, I don't want kids. And I think it's kind of dumb to do it. People are like, dude, fuck you. You don't understand <laughs> like what I, you know, did. I, I, I came and then my wife did all the work later. And it's like, who gives a shit? Why is like, Again, I get like, you can look at me and go, why is it so important to you? Because I found a way to make it funny. That's Mm -hmm. why. But everybody else that takes it personally, like you found a thing online you didn't like. Why are you making this part of your day? Like it bothered you. Move on. Why are you like, I don't get that attitude of something pissed me off and now I have to comment on it and make it like part of my day and my personality. Just move past it. Like it's. Why let me, why give me free rent in your fucking head? It's right. the dumbest thing. Well, I think the internet gives everyone a voice, right? And then, uh, unfortunately, the idiots speak the loudest for whatever reason. They, yeah. can't, they can't control themselves. Like, there's there's countless times that people will post things like that aren't even like jokes or comedy, mm-hmm. like like real thoughts they have in their head that are so dumb that someone needs to tell yeah. them that they are like legitimately dumb. And I look at it and I'm like, not my, but why, why bother? Like, yeah, <laughs> what's, what's the point here? Because yeah, you're not going to change their opinion. Like that's, right. that's the thing that always fascinates me about people arguing online. Like at what point do you really think they're going to go, Oh, I'm wrong. You're right. I'm sorry. Let yeah. me fucking join your team. That's, that's never going to happen. Yeah. So I don't, I just don't understand all of that shit. And yeah. Everybody because of the internet has a voice and you know, with one person likes what you had to say, now there's validation for your stupid opinion, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything. Like nobody yeah. matters. I mean, no. they do, you know, uh, cause some people will give you money, but other than that, nobody's opinion really fucking matters. It's stupid. <laughs> I don't get it. It's ridiculous to me. Well, let's talk about this special that you have out because I mean, it's obviously a priority and it's uh, something that's, uh, yeah. you know, relevant and, and now, um, what is what is it and where can people find it uh it's um it's a youtube special it's on youtube you can just type in my name zach hammond z-a-c-k um or you can go to my website uh zachhammond.net and it's uh right on the front page uh you can stream it for free it's an hour-long special uh it's my fifth uh album recording whatever you want to call it i've done four uh, just traditional comedy albums before that. And this is my first like real special where you can see me moving oh, cool. uh, with lights on me and shit. Um, but yeah, it'll be my fifth hour that I put out and uh, I'm very proud of it. It took me, I took about three years to get the material together and get it polished and to be real nice and palatable to people. And I toured it throughout the entire country uh, during, uh, before, during and after COVID. So it's, it's got all kinds of shit in there and I'm happy with it. I love it a lot. It's dark. It's, uh, 
it's poignant it's it makes some points which doesn't matter but they're all things that i like about comedy and i put it all into that that's cool what's it called uh welfare in disguise that's funny i'll have to check that out i don't think i knew i think like i was on your band camp and was listening to something was that, is that on band camp as well no um the the audio albums are all on Bandcamp. this one uh was done by uh four by three productions okay uh so it's it's just only video there's no audio available uh it's only on youtube okay so i've seen some of the clips then yeah seen. you've definitely seen some of the clips from it yeah that's awesome i don't think people understand or appreciate how much effort goes into being a comedian and you know, I, I mean, obviously people are, you know, inherently funny to a degree, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there's a lot that goes into, you know, writing jokes and writing material and, you know, how it's all like, you know, the story, you know, the buildup and, you know, there's callbacks and things like that. I don't think people understand or appreciate like how much goes into that. No, because it's a lot of people just look at it just like, well, I'm funny. Like, yeah, but can you be funny in front of a group of people? Because I bet you can't. And coherent. Like, yeah. Well, it's not just that. Like, because anybody can go up and just talk. I've seen it for years. Like, when I first started doing open mics, you would just have somebody from like Scranton U or whatever just go up on stage and he'd have all his friends come there. And he'd be like, remember that time that like Molly got drunk or, you know, Patrick, you know, uh, shit on the side of the road and they're all laughing. And it's like, okay, but that that's fine. You have your friends here that understand all your references, right? Go do that. Like in front of like a Legion crowd with none of your friends there and see how quickly they don't give a shit mm-hmm. about you. And it's, it's a skill. It's a talent. It's a, it's a learned all of these things to get in front of people and speak to them in a way that they understand what your perspective is why what you're saying is funny and yeah there's a ton that goes into it and it takes years to figure out i mean some people are really good at it you know right off the bat and that's great but a lot of the time it just takes a really really long time to get a stranger or a group of strangers to understand where you're coming from uh, and then project that to them and have them just go like, oh, yeah, that that's true. Or, yeah, we do that. Or I understand where he's coming from. Or that's a really funny story. Uh, it's a fucking nightmare to to start and get good at it. And then even when you are good at it, nobody cares. Because, mm-hmm. uh, again, they just take the attitude, well, I'm funny. Or, you know, you don't have any credits. So I've never seen you on TV. So how good can you be? And it's like the people that are on TV and who are famous are like, maybe one percent of all the actively working comedians that are in the world so it's just it's crazy how much people just don't get it or not get it but just don't because they don't have to like comedy fans understand it but just you know the the lay person that shows up to the comedy club on saturday because they had a coupon they don't fucking know (laughs) like why would they they just make me laugh clown that's it that's (laughs) i don't know i mean i I'm a big music guy. I love going to concerts, but I, I think I love going to comedy shows far mm-hmm. more than going to, to uh, music concerts. Like I just, I mean, a good, a good comedian. Well, I mean, you'll be laughing the entire hour. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's nonstop. It's like, yeah, you, know, you go to a, a concert and it's like, yeah, you know, they're playing a song that I like. Okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But like, you know, when you're at a comedy show, it's like, it's kind of intimate and it's like yeah um, if the comedian's relatable to you know things that are, are going on in the world or just you know the audience that is attending like it's just something special well because you actually have to the comic has to engage the audience i mean music and i love music but music is always it's auditory it's i mean comedy's auditory as well but music is one of those things where it's just you're listening to it and vibing with it and just kind of getting into it. It's not necessarily about like, if you have a stage show or something like, yeah, that's something to watch and check out. But if you're at 
a bar, the music, unfortunately, is kind of secondary to people that are at a bar because it's like, oh, yeah, they're playing songs that we like. But, you know, how's this going in your life? Or, you know, mm -hmm. can we get more beer or pizza or whatever with the comedy show? Everything is dedicated directly to the person that's on stage talking. All the lights are down in the room, except for the spotlight that's on the comic. He's the only person that's supposed to, they, they're the only person that's supposed to be talking and they're engaging with the audience directly and you have to listen to everything that's going on otherwise you're going to miss something and you're not part of the show and then that also uh, there's like a community aspect to it as well nobody wants to miss out on something that was said because they don't want to be left out in the cold you know per se and be like i didn't i didn't hear what they said what, what, what was so funny why is everybody laughing so you're deliberately made to listen to everything that the comic says. And then also it's our job to make sure that everything that we say is engaging and interesting. Uh, Cause if it's not, then you don't listen to us. And then it just turns into a shit show. And, you know, you have situations where then the comics just yelling at everybody in the audience for not listening to them. Yeah. Which is also a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> There's also something special about laughing along with a group of people. Oh yeah. It's fun. Well, the group, uh, just the group experience is a lot of fun. And it's not like one of my favorite things to do is to go see um, a movie on opening night, uh, especially when it's a real popular movie. Like especially uh, when we when my group of my friends and I went and saw uh, Endgame on opening night, the theater is packed. Everybody is there for this one thing. So we're all laughing in unison at the funny parts. We're all gasping at the shocking parts. You know, some people are crying at the sad parts. And it's this really cool experience to be part of that. Everybody is collectively there for one thing and you're all enjoying it together. And it's the same way with comedy. Like, yeah, we're all laughing together. We're all enjoying this experience and we're all sharing this together because it's the it's one of the few areas like in civilized society where for the most part we're we're all in on the joke the entire time we all understand that the person on stage is saying something to deliberately be funny they're not saying it to hurt anybody they're not saying it to 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 be malicious none of that it's just we're all here to laugh we're all recognizing and sharing in that human experience and also just saying okay for like the next hour and a half we're all going to be tiny pieces of shit and just enjoy what this fucking psycho on stage has to say. It's the best thing. Yeah, you said a couple of things there that I want to kind of uh, talk about. Um, you said that you're a fucking psycho, right? Oh, yeah, totally. I, I feel like like comedians in general are fucking crazy. Like, a lot of them are, yeah. Yeah, when, when, when who hurt you? My parents. It's usually just your parents. It's really what it is. It's somebody in the family did something to you. Yeah. They're blood related. Yeah. Uh, it's usually it. Yeah. Nobody when can did, harm you quite like your family does. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you, when were you like, you know what, I need this outlet uh, to, to, you know, explore comedy? I always uh, wanted to, like from the time I was in, I think, a junior in high school, I was attracted to comedy. My friends introduced me uh, to stand up and I always liked it, but I had horrible stage fright. So I never really liked being in front of people, but I, I would always say funny things around them. And I could, I knew the difference between like, this is an inside joke between us, or this is like a, this is a thought that I had that I'm sharing. And I think it would be funny and I would get, you know, the affirmation from them. And then when I got to college, uh, I, I was really wanting to do it. And the, the girl that I was dating at the time just kind of forced me into it. Like we had a talent show at our college that she's like, just do the fucking talent show. And I did that and it went well. And then we found out about the, uh, the open mic at the wisecrackers in Scranton, which is no longer there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I signed up for the open mic and I, I went up with what I thought was five minutes. Uh, it sucked. I uh, was not funny at all, uh, but the host uh, liked me and said that uh, you got something, uh, just keep coming back. And I did. And just over time, I learned how to take the shit that I thought was funny and twist it enough so that I could still be me. But, you know, the, the general audience would understand my perspective because that's all it's about is getting people to understand your perspective because, you know, they may not find something that you say 
to be, or they may not think that the idea that you have is funny, but if you bring them into your world and show them through, you know, your eyes, what you're seeing and how you're thinking about it, then they can go, okay, I do understand why he would think that's mm -hmm. funny. And that is funny. And that perspective, uh, and that it just took like three years to really figure out how to hone that and get it to a point where I'm like, okay, now I can take all of my thoughts. And if I put them through this filter, these people will understand where I'm coming from and it'll make sense to them. And it just went from there. And how long have you been doing it for? Uh, almost 15 years. 15 years. Damn. <laughs> 15 years is a long time to do anything. Yeah, it really is. It's the longest I've been committed to anything in my entire life. And that includes relationships. <laughs> the only thing I've ever given a shit about properly. Yeah, I mean, you you know, it's good to have that. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to have it's something to be committed to. Yeah, you know, if nothing else, you have comedy. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. You, you said it before, um, something about being, I forget what it was exactly, but like, um, are you worried about, I, mean, I know the answer, or probably not, but like uh, offending people. And like, what are your thoughts on people who get offended by comedy? I mean, like, the world we live in now, everyone wants to cancel everybody, right? Like, like what are your thoughts on, you know, people trying to shit on that? Like, it's, it's weird to me. I mean, I don't actively intend on offending anybody. That's just who I am. Uh, the creators of South Park said something to the effect of like, we're not trying to offend anybody. We're just offensive people. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a difference between there are some people that want to actively go out and just piss people off. And you can tell because sometimes somebody will just say something that's just deliberately um, mean or offensive or just out there just to, you know, poke the bear, so to speak. Um, but then there's also people that are just like, look, this is the idea that I have. This is the filter that I put it through. And this is why I think it's funny. And this is interesting to me. There is a difference from, for me anyways, and from other comics that I know that it's not just, you're not trying to piss people off. You're right. just saying, look, this is a thought that I have, and this is why I think it's funny. And this is what I'm putting out there. And I mean, so far as people getting offended, I mean, you're allowed to be offended. Like, I'm not going to, I don't think any, nobody who's rational will say you're not allowed to be offended. You are absolutely allowed to be offended, but that's as far as it goes. You're not owed a remedy for your offense. You know, right. you're for the most part, most people that are getting offended, you're a fucking adult. You've lived your entire adult life just hearing and dealing with all kinds of things that you don't like. Deal with it. And if you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to watch it. I don't, again, it comes, I think it's like this weird narcissistic thing of like, nobody's forcing you to engage in anything that you don't like. Like if you hear something that you don't like, you can turn it off immediately mm -hmm. or like when a trailer comes out and people are like oh that movie's gonna suck ass cool don't watch it then <laughs> why do you care what like right. what, what is going on in your life that makes you think that because you something you think is gonna suck which probably will suck why give a shit it's right. it's gonna happen no matter what except that uh and so far as cancel i don't know if it's really cancel culture so much as like it's compliant culture because most people aren't getting canceled that like they still are capable of having careers, at least in the entertainment world. Uh, if enough people like what you do, people are going to come out and see you whether or not you're a pariah or not. I mean, Bill Cosby went to jail for rape. He said, I'm going to go on tour again. And people bought tickets. For it. <laughs> so he's not really canceled, so to speak. I mean, he should be in jail, but that's, yeah he did because he actually did a fucking crime yeah but like the whole cancel culture thing i really do think it's a compliance thing that there's it's a small group of people that don't like something that you did and they feel that you should not be allowed to say things that they don't want to hear and that's just right. not the way this country works it's really not the way anything should work i mean and again especially it's comedy Mm -hmm. The whole point is just to be funny. Yeah. And if you're in a group of people 
and the comic says something and everybody's laughing and you go, that's not funny. You're fucking wrong. Everybody around you is laughing. You are provably wrong in that moment. It's not funny to you, which is perfectly fine. You are absolutely right. It is not funny to you. So far as everybody else goes, though, you're dead fucking wrong. And that's something you have to accept and just move past. And you don't, you can get up and leave again or return it off. Like I, that's the only thing I don't understand is why anybody thinks that they are owed anything beyond. I didn't like it. Tough shit. You don't have to watch it again. Bye. Yeah. That's it. That's the way that you're an adult. That's the way adults handle shit. There's time I think that people don't, or they, they forget that, you know, some of the stuff is made up. Like it's, it's their stories and it's, it's right. You're, you're being paid to perform really. Right. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had an, a, a, a time where, you know, maybe a, a, an audience member or a person uh, in general thought, Hey, this guy's an asshole because of, you know, the way he, you know, whatever his jokes are. And then like met you and realized, Hey, you know what? This person is like, a cool dude. No, <laughs> most people, uh, no, nobody's really no. come up to me after like my act for the most part, either you really enjoy it or you don't like it at all. Okay. I don't really have a lot of middle ground with my act and most people that don't like it. Um, it's, it's definitely, I, it's going to come across as really fucking arrogant, but I will say if you don't like my act, you probably just don't get it. I mean, you're probably just stupid because uh, <laughs> I I really and I only say that because I have when I do this shit, I take it all over the country. I take it to every group imaginable to make sure that it works. And if I'm taking it to like some area where, you know, they haven't had a fucking school there for 20 years. And those people are understanding the jokes that I'm telling. And then, you know, I come to some affluent area and you're just like, oh, I think that's, you know, I don't think that's okay to say you're fucking stupid. That's the only real answer that there is. You're fucking dumb that you can't understand that I'm making a joke or mm-hmm. that you, you don't understand the point that I'm making in my bit. So I don't, I don't give a shit what their problem is. They just don't get it. And that's their issue. They're a narcissist. They're up their own ass. And I probably am too for saying things that I'm saying right now that I'm just <laughs> taking it and it's going, that's your problem. You're stupid. And I'm not, cause I'm stupid for saying that. I totally get that, but it's just, like I, I don't. Nobody's again. No, nobody's ever come up to me after. You're actually a pretty cool guy. Uh, mm-hmm. No, because if you paid attention, you would realize I'm, I'm a decent person. I'm saying this thing for a reason. Right. Um, you know, I've had people want to fight me. Um, some video got like a hundred thousand views that somebody posted without like fucking permission. Uh, I was in. I can't remember the part of New York, but. Uh, this woman did not like the things that I was saying. And, uh, cause I was, I was making jokes about, um, kids go figure. Uh, people are just, <laughs> cause I was, my joke was that, um, I like the winter months cause during the winter you can leave a baby in the car and it's fine. And it was just pointing out that in the summer, uh, there's always radio ads telling you to don't leave your baby in a hot car. So she's like, right. oh, so I guess a cold car is perfectly fine. And, you know, parent, if you're leaving your kid in a hot car, you're a shit parent. And she started to like speak up and I just shut her down immediately. I was like, I don't care if you like this or not. Fuck off. I'm doing my act. I got 25 minutes left. I don't give a shit what you have to say. She went outside and then like with, I don't know, five minutes left in my act, she came back inside and was going like, you want to apologize to me now? I was like, no, you're an asshole. And then she uh, came up to like the lip of the stage and was trying to yank the microphone out of my hand and just uh, was daring me to call her names just so she could hit me. And I just wasn't, I wasn't playing it. And all of her friends were like telling her to shut up and stop her bullshit. And she just didn't want to listen. Uh, And then any other time, it's usually just people yelling like, that's not funny. You shouldn't say something like that. And then they usually just walk out or leave. I've had way more people walk out of shows angry than I've had people come up to me after a show or during a show and just try to assault me or get pissed off at what I'm saying. 
Like, yeah. and I, and I will take the walking out a hundred percent of the time. Uh, I don't like confrontation at all. I don't like dealing with it. So if you're mad and you don't like it, cool. I don't care if 90% of the audience leaves during a show. I will play to that 10% who's there and having a good time getting that this is all a joke. So that's, if you're watching, fucking leave. I don't care. <laughs> it's not going to offend me. How disruptive is that, though? Like, you know, obviously there's a lot of timing involved in comedy. There's, you know, storylines and things like that. How disruptive is someone you know, yelling out or, you know, come up to the stage. Uh, how does that affect your, your actor? Does it not? I mean, it affects it in the way that now you have to address it. Um, to some degree, um, if somebody's just like yelling out, you can usually just ignore them. Uh, cause the idea is give them enough rope and they'll hang themselves that if mm -hmm. they keep disrupting the show, the audience is going to get pissed off because they're having a good time and they don't want them ruining their evening. Uh, so a lot of the times the audience would just tell them to shut up. And then if you attack that person that's been interrupting this entire time, then the audience is on your side. And you can just tear into them. Uh, the only problem is, is that that eats into like the time that you're doing. And sometimes it's really hard to get back into material after you've been like berating somebody because mm -hmm. it's like there, my act is still me. But there is a huge difference between you interacting with the audience and then going into prepared material. Like people mentally can sense that there is a difference, like in the way that they're hearing it and taking it in. So if you deal with a heckler, sometimes it does disrupt everything. Um, but there are ways to come back from it and kind of get back into material. Um, I have like jokes that were on previous albums that I don't really do in my act anymore. But in situations like that, it's like, okay, this is a quick joke that I can get everybody back in with me um, after something like that happened. Or, you know, you just comment on it and you joke around about it. And in joking around about a situation that happened, if you know your material well enough or you have enough material, you kind of just weave it back into that joke that you were doing. And it works out. Or sometimes you just have to abandon the entire bit. You're just like, okay, well, you fucked up an entire setup that nobody got to hear. So that joke is gone. There's 10 minutes of the night. Uh, let's just go into these jokes right now. So it's it sucks because I, I go out of my way. I don't like doing crowd work. Uh, I'm not very good at it because I can sometimes just come across like a dick. Uh, and my act is... Uh, not foolproof, but that's the thing I've been working on. That's the thing that I've been putting most of my time and energy into. And I just want to do my act because it's a good act. And I know people will enjoy it if they just listen to it. Uh, and then you disrupt that. And it's just like, you're, you're fucking up my night. And again, you're fucking up everybody else's night that's in here and paid money to be in this room right now and listen to people tell jokes like they they got a babysitter or they had to find parking or, you know, they, they had to find the goddamn venue or they went to dinner, you know, earlier that night and they have indigestion. There, there's a whole bunch of things that you are just compounding and fucking up by ruining and, you know, interrupting the show for your bullshit. And yeah. nobody wants to hear it and nobody wants to deal with it, especially me. And if I have the ability to, I will kick you out as soon as you make fucking noise. I don't even care if it's uh, accidental noise. Just get <laughs> the fuck out. You're ruining it for everybody, and I'm not dealing with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I believe you're from um, northeastern Pennsylvania. Is that is that accurate? Or are you? I live in Northeast PA. I'm actually originally from Maryland. Okay. That's where I grew up. All right. When did you come to this part of the world? Uh, around 2006. Okay, uh, so that's when It's been a long time. Oh, yeah. I've been here for a while. So almost your entire uh, comedic life. Yeah. My entire comedic life, I've been in Northeast PA. Now, you, you've said you traveled the world. I want to talk about that. But the, I mean, when you were just starting out locally here in our corner mm -hmm. of the, 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 the state, I guess you could say, like, I mean... Did you ever think that, you know, this is what it would become? Like, uh, I mean, any page is different. I mean, have you seen it? You've seen oh, yeah. a lot of shit, right? But we're a little bit of a different uh, breed, I guess you could say. Like, 
how important was it for you to, you know, maybe use this area as a, as a test market and then obviously, you know, expand outside of that? Like, talk about how you have become a traveling comedian is what I'm getting at, I guess. Yeah, I mean, surprisingly, this this area isn't any different than anywhere else in the country. Um, we like, it's, it's fun to think that like your local area is like unique and it's not like Northeast PA is no different than Ohio or North Dakota or, you know, different parts of Washington and Oregon, Texas. Uh, everybody's mostly the same. Uh, you find, you know, I, you find liberal people, you find conservative people, you find people in the middle, um, you find everybody everywhere. There's not a lot of difference. Um, attitudes change, obviously, depending on the different parts of the country you're in, because, you know, the weather changes and uh, like Oregon, everybody's high all the time. So it makes sense that they're just kind of like, whatever, yeah. or Colorado's pretty, you know, but again, it just depends on what part of the country you're in. There's parts of Colorado that are way fucking crazier than Northeast PA. <laughs> uh, but when I first started, I just wanted to be good at comedy. I just wanted to make sure that I could get people to laugh. There's, there's obviously the idea in the back of your head that like, I could be able to do this for a living. I could be able to travel the world. Um, I could be famous. All of those things are definitely, you know, in the back of your head, like this is all possible, but all that mattered to me at the start was I just want to be funny. And when I was doing mics, there were professional comics that would come out to the mics and work on new material and they'd be killing the entire time. And my only objective was I want to be as funny as the person that's on stage right now. If I can get the reactions that they're getting, I know that I'm doing something right. I'm, I'm getting to where I want to be. And then anything after that is, you know, gravy because i can because i just wanted to be funny that was the main thing i want to be able to get on stage at any point any time and make a group of strangers laugh their asses off that was all that mattered to me and then as i was doing it more and getting better at it and learning how to craft longer sets um i started traveling a little bit more and going to different open mics and different um comedy scenes and you know that were close by like i would go to jersey i would go to new york i would go to philly uh easton allentown stuff like that nothing too far out but and anytime that i would go to those new places i wouldn't do new material there i would do all the stuff that i knew worked uh so that those new people that saw me would go oh this guy's funny we should get him on a show because uh, that's the best way to network. You don't just try new shit out because people just look at you like you're a nobody. They go, oh, it's some other unfunny fucking person at an open mic. Wow, how different is that? But if you go in there and you go, I'm from out of town and you blow them away, they go, oh, this is somebody we should talk to. This is somebody that we should get on our shows and work with. And I just did that when I got better. And then I got lucky and uh, I kind of... Uh, fell in with an agency and uh when i fell in with them they were giving me a little bit of work here and there and then like six seven years in um i was able to start like really traveling the country and i was doing more like northeast stuff um and slightly midwest things like in ohio and then things kind of just popped off and i just started traveling the entire country i was being able to afford flights to you know different parts of the country and people were covering my travel to go to florida or chicago or uh, washington state like it and it was it was crazy and, th and there's those there's those little moments where you just start thinking to yourself like wow this is weird like i i'm getting paid to fly to chicago and Flying is whatever now, like, you know, anybody can fly, but it's, for me, it's like one of those weird, like steps, like I'm on, I'm on an airplane right now and I'm going to a different state that isn't mine and I'm being paid to entertain strangers in a different part of the country. Like it's, it's crazy. It's fulfilling. Um, you know, you, you cry a little bit cause you're like, I didn't think I was going to be here ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, and again, I'm not famous by any stretch, but it is cool to, to be in that situation where like, you know, a few years ago, I was just telling jokes at Wisecrackers 
Um, and I was just, you know, doing everything I could to get as much stage time as I could. And now, uh, strangers are paying me to play their corporate gig or you know i have connections now throughout the country where there's venues that i can play at and people will come out to see me specifically and it's it's wild i never thought that was going to happen i hoped it would but i never thought it was possible that's got to be a, a pretty great feeling it's an amazing feeling but it's it's also a feeling of always like keep yourself in check because everything can just fall apart at any minute people can stop giving a shit about you and then also it's it's healthier uh for your ego to keep it in check mm -hmm. as well because it, it's very easy to have a bunch of people like you and then you just kind of go well there's nothing i can do or there's uh, there's no wrong i can ever commit now i have people that love me you know why wouldn't i just take advantage of that and i just look at it as i'm lucky that's it. I'm lucky to do what I can, what I'm able to do and what I have. So, and I just kind of keep my head down and keep blinders on the entire time. It's like, hey, a lot of people like you. Cool. I don't, I don't know them. I don't, I don't acknowledge it that much because it's just, because I don't, I don't want it to get to my head. I don't want it to, to be a thing. It's like, I'm just doing my job. That's it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just making people laugh. That's it. Um, I'm a fucking clown. That's all I am. I, I am a step above a birthday clown or a step below. I don't know where I am in that. Depends on the, yeah, it depends on the day, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, there's there's room for improvement always. There's room for growth and like uh obviously uh exposure, right? Like yeah. What what I mean, are you just continuing to keep your head down and, and focusing on your material and, and doing those things and before performing well, like, and that's going to take you to, to the next level? Or are you doing things kind of to uh, help, you know, expedite that process? I mean, I'm definitely reaching out to people and trying to network more for sure. But I mean, the, the thing that I've just noticed that's worked the most is just keep being as good as you can be. Uh, cause the more you, you get out there and you perform for people, the venues that you perform at, they're going to, they see everybody that performs there. Somebody is always there every time a show is happening and they, they know what their audience likes. They know what their customers like. And I've heard it more times than I can count that, you know, you were the funniest comedian we've had the entire time that, you know, we've been running comedy shows here or, you know, your agency sends out so many comics. You're our favorite. You're our favorite hands down. And that's and that's I love hearing that. But also it's just a well, all I'm focused on is being as funny as I can be. I don't try to go out of my way to to get that compliment. I just get it because all I do is work at it. And try to make sure that what I'm saying is as true to me as it can be, as unique as it can be compared to everybody else, and that I'm just I, I, indifferent. And it's not deliberate. It's just that's that's who I am, and I just stay true to myself. And I just you know I joke about what I think is funny and interesting and different to me, and other people seem to agree and enjoy it. And that's all I focus on. And the more I get comfortable with it. That's why I've been posting more things online. It's like, I have a, sh I have five albums. Also. I have five hours of material. Um, I can share all of that for months, if not years, and I'm not going to repeat anything. And I'm always working on new stuff that people haven't heard yet. So when I go out on the road, I'm giving them an entirely new act that anything that they've seen online, they're not going to see when I bring it to them this time. And I mean, that's, to me, that's what you should do as uh, a performer or somebody that's providing entertainment for people is always give them something new because that's what they want. And comedies like that, especially, it's like a fucking magic trick. Once you've seen it once, if yeah. you do it again, it's cool, but you kind of figure out how it works and that it's not as great as it was the last time. People still love hearing jokes repeated, absolutely, but it doesn't have the same, uh, you know, shine to it as when they hear something that you do for the first time. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I didn't see that punchline coming. And then like, oh, shit, that makes sense because he said this here. Mm -hmm. And then it ties into this thing there. And that's and to me, that's also the fun part of it is seeing them like piece it together as I'm piecing it together. 
Yeah, it's such a craft. Like Jerry Seinfeld, I am a huge Seinfeld fan, but like I saw him on two occasions, years, like I want to say four or five, six years mm-hmm. apart. There were there was some new material, but a majority of that stuff was the stuff I heard six years, and I was like, that sucks because like it was so funny at that you know six years prior, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, you, like you said, you can't re- you know you can't recapture that 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 no. first time. And I was like, I was really bummed. And um, you know, uh, such a respected person like that, I was I was shocked that yeah he was like that. He's an old school comic in that way that you don't really change your act that much. That once you've figured out what your hour is, you just keep doing that because you know it works. It's really yeah. good. And I mean, he does it at a very 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 high level Mm because um if you go to a comedy club you're going to see a lot of like 40 you know years in pros that they haven't changed their act in 20 or 30 years and most of the time the reason for that is because the comedy club audience is always changing they don't have uh, their fans coming out to see them they just have people coming out to see them so they can they can do an act for 40 years and never really change it maybe add a new reference here or there uh, just so that it makes sense to people. But if you have people coming out to see you, I think it's your responsibility and you owe it to them to always do new things so that, yeah, they, they'll keep coming back if you keep giving them yeah. new stuff. But it, it is definitely an old school way of doing things because it's, you know, why would you, it's, why would you give up your best, you know, weapons? Yeah. Uh, and again, that, that yeah. comes from like the vaudeville times where, again, people don't know you specifically. They just see, you know, somebody's coming to town and it's going to entertain them. And if you go out there with something that doesn't work, it comes right back to you ruined their evening now. Yeah. And what are they, you know, you know, this is my one Saturday a month that I get to do something. And this fucking guy wasn't funny. Uh, and, you know, there are times in the past where people just beat you to death if you ruin their <laughs> evening. So there is a sense of survival in that of just like, I'm not going to change a goddamn thing in my act. Cause it means I live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there a place in the world that like, you know, for music people got to go to Nashville. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to be an actor, you know, New York or LA, yeah. is, there, is there a kind of a, a spot in the world that, you know, you know, is like that for comedy? It's definitely New York City. Like that's that's definitely the main place. Uh, New York City is where if you want to truly make a living, you go there because that's where a lot of agents and uh, industry are who are paying attention and looking around. There's no industry or talent agents in uh, you know Northeast PA. Right. Um, I mean, it, for the most part, though, any major city that if you say it, people know what you're talking about. That's where you want to go because more people are just going to be there and check things out. You want to go to Philly. You want to go to New York City. You want to go to uh, Atlanta, Georgia. You want to go to Los Angeles. You want to go to uh, Austin, Texas is a big one right now. Like any or Denver, Colorado, any place that you can like say and people know immediately without having really any understanding of geography. It's like, oh, that's a place that I know. That's where you want to go. If you can go to a major city, um, you can build something there and then take it other places. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard some uh, comedians like say that comedy is like dangerous again. Um, would you agree with that? I think they mean in that, like, you know, it's, it's, it's like good to like push the envelope and, and kind of, yeah. Um, and, and again, I don't know if that, you know, is relevant, but like, I, I do feel like, you know, comedy is kind of, um, and maybe it was never gone, but I feel like it was kind of like a revival almost. Or maybe just new blood. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's dangerous in the sense that people are actively or can be offended by things and that will, like they're going to bring more attention to you because they're upset by something that you said. And you can definitely, people will come after you more or try to, you know, call you out for things that you say, there's the danger in that of just like, Oh shit, I might be in trouble for something that I said. Cause there definitely was a time where it's like, Hey, a comedian said something offensive. We'll just go. Yeah, that's what they do. What are we 
concerned about here. And now we're kind of in a time where if somebody says something offensive, you know, it's all over Twitter or, you know, fucking CNN will do a small article about <laughs> it. And you're just like, aren't there wars going on? Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you care that somebody said something that upset, you know, 20 people on the internet today? And so it's dangerous in that sense, but I don't know if it's any, you know, more or less than what it has been. There's, there's definitely more emphasis on people wanting to push the envelope yeah. though. And it, it, the fascinating part about it is, is that if you piss off enough people, they'll just advertise you for you. That's like you don't, free. yeah. Like they'll just like, th that's the more interesting thing to me is that if people hate you, they're your best advertising because they'll share your shit everywhere and go look what a piece of shit this person is <laughs> and then there's going to be people that go i i think they're funny what are you yeah. what are you guys angry about like yeah. when you know louis got canceled and then he's playing you know theaters and there's people going louis ck is the biggest piece of shit he's a rat he's a monster and he'll be playing at this theater on Tuesday, the 15th at 8 p.m. for $25. And you're like, you're advertising for him. Don't fucking, right. if you don't want him to exist anymore, don't tell people where he's fucking playing. <laughs> like, that's stupid. Yeah. Don't give people attention that you don't want to have attention. Yeah. Like that's, that's how you put out a fire. You don't give it oxygen. You deprive it of oxygen. But people that hate you, They'll give you all the oxygen that you can want. And if, if you're good enough and you actually have a point, sometimes the people that they're sharing that to will go, I actually kind of like what they have to say. So thank right. you. Well, I'm going to go <laughs> see them now. Yeah. It's ridiculous. What are your thoughts too? Like, I mean, is, this is, you know, you know, you're a comedian in 2023 and we have all these uh, streaming services like, you know, back in the day, like if you got an HBO special, like that was like mm. huge. Right. Or, yeah. you know, even like Comedy Central and, and, and things like that. Now it's like, you know, you have the power of your own website. You know, you mentioned Louie. Uh, mm -hmm. I think he did just recently, maybe a month or two ago, like a special that, you know, you paid for and it was yeah. exclusively on his website, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Like so many like different ways you know netflix is huge with comedians and, and yeah. specials and i mean that's kind of got to be exciting for you right as like a, a as a, a young comedian and and you know a lot of potential and and a lot of uh opportunities it definitely is i mean netflix is what hbo used to be for a lot of people because a lot more people um are on netflix and if you know the algorithm gives it to enough people that day a lot of people can see your special and you could be famous or you know you can you don't have to worry about selling tickets anymore but at the same time because there's so many there definitely is a i feel an oversaturation of comedy like because youtube allows you to just you know post whatever you want and you can post for as long as you want now like there's no cap on how long the video can be a lot of people are putting out comedy specials or just putting out material and now everybody kind of has to wade through all of that to find you know the the good shit so to speak um but if you're but again it's just cream always rises to the top if you've got something good people are going to find it and people are going to see it and there's ways to get them to pay attention to that you may not be able to get them to pay attention to you know the active youtube videos that you're putting out there but again there are the reels on youtube the shorts on youtube if you play those up the right way enough people will see them enough people subscribe to your channel and then you just keep you know pushing out to your subscribers it's it's definitely made comedians better business people and learn how to market themselves better i think that's what the internet definitely has done is um they're all online things it, it allows you to market yourself a lot better and a lot more uh and that's that's definitely better because it treats because it teaches you how to put yourself out there and make yourself important to your audience. Yeah, for sure. Who are some of your favorite comedians that you've uh, looked up to over the years? And, um, you know, if you had your opportunity to, to open for, you know, some of those, who would they be? 
Um, I loved Carlin and Pryor. Uh, they're dead, so I can't open yeah, for them. Yeah, you can't open for those, yeah. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I love Doug Stanhope. I got to open for him. Um, he was one of the nicest and funniest people I've ever met. Um, I love Patton Oswalt, Christopher Titus. Um, I mean, Louis was definitely a big influence for a lot of comics. Um, uh, David Tell is hilarious. I love John Mulaney. Um, I really love Jim Gaffigan. He's one of the few clean comics that I like. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, Kyle Kinane is hilarious. He just put out a special and it's brilliant from start to finish. Um, yeah, those are some people that I would love to just talk to even. Um, and I've met a bunch of like really, really, really funny people who are doing great things now. Like Andrew Rivers is somebody who's really funny and blowing up. Um, I worked with, uh, a bunch of people worked with Shane before he blew up. And I mean, you could even see that when he started, like he, he could kill a room, no matter what room he was in. He was just hilarious. Are you for Gillis? Yeah. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he's special. He's, that's all. He's awesome. Oh yeah. But yeah, that's a great list. Yeah, for sure. Did you see the, uh, Chris Rock special? I did. Yeah. What'd you think? I liked it. I did too. Um, I love the ending of it, of him going after Will Smith. Cause that was the, that was the thing everybody wanted to, you know, see and hear about. And I think that's something special too, that and it was smart for him to put it at the end. Cause it makes everybody watch it until mm -hmm. the end as well to hear everything that he has to say about all the other topics that he wants to talk about. Um, but I think that's one of the best things about comics is when something happens, especially to you directly, and you have enough people that are interested in it, like they want to hear that story. They want to hear what's going on in your life and your perspective on it. Pryor was the master of that. Like people often wondered if Pryor fucked his life up so much just so we could make jokes about it. I, there's something special. And, I, and I'm convinced that like people who are successful, whether it's like a musician or a comedian, like they have to be fucked up. Like something had to have happened. Like, me, I, had, I didn't stand a chance to be any kind of entertainer because mm -hmm. I had a pretty cookie cutter life. Like, mom and yeah. dad were good. Like, I had good parents. I had a good upbringing. Like, nothing bad ever happened to me. <laughs> but I didn't stand a chance. Like, you see so many comedians that, like, you know, they were latchkey kids or they were, you know, they, they, uh, you know, they were living in one state for four mm -hmm. years and then, you know, their parents split and they were living somewhere else or, they just were in these weird, uh, you know, situations like Joey Diaz. Like you listen to him talk, and he's like, "How are you still alive?" Type of shit. You know, it's um, yeah, it's people like you know comedians and musicians and things. It's just like it's it's wild to see and, and like kind mm -hmm. of think about. But I mean, I don't think you have to be. You don't have to have a bad childhood to be fucked up because like dane cook is somebody who dane cook and uh uh jay leno are people that didn't really have a whole lot of terrible things happen to them they don't drink they don't do any drugs and they're considered some of the best comedians and biggest comedians that existed and i mean it's just it's your perspective and point of view on life that separates you right and i mean if you're able to uh, here's somebody that has like a weird point of view on life and listen to it and appreciate it. That doesn't mean that you don't have a weird point of view and that you can't share it. Um, I think it's also kind of dangerous to say on some level that like, ah, only fucked up people can be entertainers. And then that kind of gets people. No, I know, but it's, it's, it is, it does seem slightly dangerous just to, cause then people are gonna like, Oh, well, the only way to be entertaining in life is, you know, something bad's got to happen to me. So Let's burn half my body. Hopefully something <laughs> interesting will come out of that. I'm not saying that. Don't do that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, but there, there, there is that like yeah. mentality to people sometimes. Uh, Cause a lot of, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say like, no comic is messed up. A lot of comics are fucked up people with a lot of problems. Um, and, and again, and entertainers in general are people with, you know, who are fucked up with a lot of problems and they're just trying to get people to pay attention yeah. to them well, and, you know, get affirmation that they didn't well, they these, get in childhood. Yeah, with these different perspectives, like, you know, even like musicians with drugs, right? Like, you know, back yeah. in the day, you know, it kind of unlocked uh, a part of their brain that, you know, you know, would we have gotten some of the the stuff that came out of the 70s if there wasn't mm. 
you know, part, you know, drugs used. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, oh man. So, I mean, obviously, um, I won't keep it much longer, but uh, how important are open mics? Let's, let's, let's say a young comic or someone who's aspiring to be a comedian um, is listening and, you know, how important are doing open mics and what advice would you give to that person? I mean, uh, just open mics and just getting up in general is the most important thing. Cause that's the way you figure out one, if you're actually good at it or not, like it definitely takes years for you to be good at comedy or anything for that matter. You have to put the time and effort into it. So the open mics are very, very important to get out there in front of as many different people as you possibly can to get out and try new shit on a regular basis and you know see what works and doesn't work and make yourself uh better it's it's the only way to do it and i mean if you're starting out just know what your goals are and i mean you know set realistic expectations don't think like i'm going to be famous in you know a week or so just just do your best to get better that's it. Just be, and no matter what it is, if you're a musician, you know, if you're a drummer, a bass player, guitar player, just work on being the, the best that you possibly can be. Uh, be the best bass player, best guitar player, best fucking drummer, whatever you want to be. Just try to be as good as you possibly can at it. Same thing with comedy. Just try to be, if somebody at your, in your scene is killing it and is hilarious, just try to be as funny as they are like that should be your goal just you know treat other people as competition not as i want to be better than them or i want to take what's theirs but just to you know just get to their level try to be as funny as they are because then that's going to elevate you and that'll force other people around you to elevate themselves as well or just die off and fucking you know leave then that's another thing that's a benefit that you don't want dead weight hanging around you all the time because then um that makes the scene better as well that if you know you're all trying to make yourselves better and get more people to come out because you're all getting funnier that's only going to make your scene better it's only going to make you better because you're getting better uh so but that that's it don't like think about like oh what could the future bring what could um you know how much money can i make off it's just just focus on getting better that's it just get better and get good at what you're doing and focus on that just do it yeah really that's all it is that buff just do it yeah uh some of your favorite places that you've uh performed at uh boise idaho is one of my favorite uh cities to perform in it's it's a great comedy scene out there uh i love it i play uh a place called watson's mystery cafe it's one of my favorite places i've ever played the audiences are fantastic um colorado is a lot of fun um i still love pennsylvania i love new york and jersey uh maryland's got some fun places i played out in the dakotas and love there i most places i've played i really enjoy just because i get to i get to see you know what audiences are out there and what they enjoy and what they appreciate. But I would definitely say Boise, Idaho is my tippy top favorite. I love it out there. What are, what are some like uh pre-show, like, you know, rituals? I mean, do you go out to eat like, or do you get in the town and kind of uh, go right to the, the spot or what? Uh, when I get to town, I usually just try to check into my hotel or wherever I'm staying, get acclimated. And then I show up to the venue about an hour beforehand. Sometimes I get food. Sometimes I don't. It just depends on how I'm feeling. Um, and then it's really just sitting in the back waiting for my turn to go up. Uh, I kind of move around a little bit just to get limber uh, and then just do my thing. I don't. I try not to get into my head too much. Um, I'll be sometimes like down on myself, like, especially if somebody's like really building me up just to kind of put myself down. It's like, oh man, you guys are going to love him. Like, no, you're not. Uh, (laughs) this guy's really funny. I'm like, don't fucking tell them that shit. Yeah. Uh, and then just go up and, you know, just get into my act and do my thing. That's it. I I really try not to get too into it. I just want to go out there, see how they feel, match their energy, bring them up a little bit, maybe bring them down, whatever it is. Uh, and just have fun. That's it. I just want to go out there and have fun. I try not to make it this 
big fucking thing because then you're just asking for you know failure right and some uh bucket list venues any that you're uh dying to get into i mean anywhere i go i'm just happy to be there i really am um i'd love to i'd love to get to a point where i could play um like a theater even a small one like 500 seats i'd love to be able to draw that many people that actively want to come out and see me uh but i'm happy wherever i go i i I just love venues in general any play even if it's a bar and they have like a little back room that you're performing in i I love little things like that i love the aesthetics well zach where could people find you once again on online to, to see your special to check out more about you check out some future shows and things like that I uh, just go to zachhammond.net, uh, Z-A-C-K, and then my last name, H-A-M-M-O-N-D. And you can spell Zach, Z-A-C-K, or Z-A-C-H, because I bought both domains, because I know people can't spell. So That's very smart. Type, yeah, type it either way you want. Um, my special is right on the front page. It's on YouTube, so you can go to YouTube and type in my name as well. It'll come up. Uh, and then I have uh, dates on my website, videos, merch, all kinds of shit on there that you can play around with. That's sweet, man. Well, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, like I said, I, I saw your clips uh, from your recent special, and I was just reminded of how funny you are. And you've definitely gotten better uh, as the oh, years have gone Oh, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> That's the goal, right? But yeah, it just yeah. It was definitely, and I don't know if like, I, I couldn't tell you like what specifically like I heard that I was like, oh man, that's really good. Um, yeah. It was just everything that I saw was just like really well done, thought out and and uh, just uh, delivered in a, in a great way. So thank you. you I know, sincerely appreciate that. Yeah. For what it's worth, I'm, I'm in your corner. I hope to uh, see you uh, in the big lights, I guess you could say, but uh, I know you're happy with where you're at, but if you were, you know, if I saw you, I can't even tell you a, a, a popular yeah. comedy clubs to, to, you know, hope to see yeah, but whatever yeah, it might no, be, thank I you. I hope you're there. So yeah, thanks for doing this again. Thank and uh, hopefully I'll see you at a show soon. Oh, definitely. I'll let you know what's going on. Yeah. Let me, I know you're always uh, in the past. You've been, uh, I, it's hard, man. I have those things that you hate called kids. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm doing my son's, uh, I'm the coach for his well, assistant coach for his coach pitch baseball team this year. And it's three days a week. And my, my time is just, Oh yeah, absolutely. I totally get that. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, I just, I wish I could, you know, yeah. it's, it's funny being in the position that I've been in, you know, around the entertainment stuff. I wish, I wish I can get out to all this stuff and it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, being a dad is obviously being a dad is great. Zach. Oh, I, I believe being it. A dad. It's amazing. <laughs> you should do it. Come to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> they use their own. They don't want kids. They don't want kids. They want kids go for it it's, it's, it is a joy okay. but yeah it's it's not for everybody no yes thank you once again and uh i'll see you soon thank you have a good night man thank right. you later